In the holy name of Jesus, amen. I like stories. This is why I, I like movies. Because stories help me in telling my own. But not every story is the same, is it? There are those that are formulaic, and that they follow a form, which makes them easy to understand and predictable. For example, there once was a princess who fell in love with a prince, only to be kidnapped by the wicked witch. But the prince saves her, and they live happily ever after. For a fairy tale, we know the ending before the beginning barely begins. But then there are those other stories, stories that don't make any sense. I know everyone's had one of those experiences. For instance, maybe a friend told you, hey, you got to check out this movie. It's a great movie. you got to check it out. And after watching it, you ask yourself, what in the world was that all about? You don't get the storyline, and then you say, I don't get the ending. And I know for sure some of you have experienced that because some of you have listened to one of my recommendations for movies. So if you have, I know you've, you've asked those questions to yourself. It's sometimes difficult to understand a good story because we do associate good stories with formulas, predictability, and happy endings. However, is there more to a good story than just simply knowing how it's going to end? I think today's gospel reading is one, actually one of those stories. One of those stories that's confusing, but it's still a good story. One of those, I don't get it stories. Now, we might gloss over the details of today's gospel reading in order to make it more palpable for us to understand, but if we really pay attention, I think things get confusing. First of all, there's this overemphasis of the disciples being in the boat. Jesus literally forces them into the boat. Now, it's translated as made them into the made them get into the boat, but it's exactly that. They weren't really interested in going, so he forced them into the boat. And just in case you were wondering if the boat was on dry land, it makes a special note that they're actually in the sea. I don't understand why. But, second, is the peculiar sentence of Jesus intending to pass them by. It's almost comical in sense. It's almost like he's walking on the water as if he's heading down to downtown Wheaton for the French market. He's just out for a stroll. Now, we might have projected a detail in this story. We might have thought, well, he's going to help the disciples. But that's not what it says. It says he intends to walk by them. Third is just the responses of everybody in the gospel reading. The disciples are scared to death. They're terrified. And then they begin to cry like schoolgirls. Notice that they're not crying out to Jesus. They're actually crying because of Jesus. Because they think he's a ghost. They didn't recognize Jesus. But the crowds on the land, those who don't know him, recognize him immediately. We would associate those who spent the most time with Jesus as those who actually know him the best. But this is not what the gospel reading has for us today. 
It has people who barely know him know him actually better than the 12 disciples. So did Jesus tell us the story just to tell us that he forces the disciples into a boat, into a storm, only to walk by them, and only to have not them recognize him, but some people who barely spend any time with him? I mean, this quirky story is in the Bible. The thing is, though, we know that the Bible is God speaking to us. This is Jesus giving us life through his word. But even if we know that, sometimes it's frankly hard to understand what in the world he's talking about and what the heck he's up to. But that's what we're left, for, left with today. However, in this confusion, in this chaos, perhaps there actually is comfort for us. I know we like fairy tales. I read fairy tales to my daughter every single night. Cinderella, Snow White, Sleeping Beauty, you name it. I know why we like them. Because of the precious princesses, and the princes, and the fairy tale ending. They're clean, they're crisp, and they are perfect. They are exactly what our lives are not. But it, for as much as we would like these stories to be our story, we would love to have the fairy tale be our story. It's for these same reasons why those fairy tales are so far away from us. They are so distant from our reality. They are out of touch. The stories that are predictable, formulaic, and easy to understand if we take a step back, really aren't the stories we relate to best. Now last week, Pastor Bruzik preached a, a litany of things that have happened so far in the Gospel of Mark. He said uh, there's been diseases, demons, broken families, divorce, murder, faithlessness, defamation, and betrayal. And uh, we're supposed to believe this is good news. We might be asking ourselves, if I wanted to read about this, I would just simply read the newspaper, log on to CN.com, or just simply watch the nightly news. Thing is, maybe our Lord could have told a much better story than in the Gospel of Mark. I think at times the other three Gospels do, in fact, soften Mark's details. The thing is, though, what we have in front of us is this. Our Lord could have told a different story, but he didn't. Why? I think it's because he's talking to a room full of sinners. A room full of people who have messy lives and are wondering if there's anybody who can relate to it. It could be a strained relationship with your spouse, your kids, your parents brothers, sisters. It could be a lost job, a cut in pay, an increase in workload. It could be bankruptcy or a 40% decrease in your retirement savings. It could be a terrifying diagnosis of cancer, heart attack, you name it. Or it could be a crisis of faith, wondering if this Christianity stuff's even true. No matter what it is, this gospel reading actually helps. It actually helps to retell your story. Help to frame your story, but not from the outside in, 
but from the inside out. In the darkness of our chaotic life with the stormy pressures and the unpredictable turns that life take, perhaps you're wondering if God made you like the disciples to get in the boat. You're wondering if God has put you in this position only to struggle. And in the middle of the struggle, you, like the disciples, find it tough to recognize God in the middle of it. And you're scared to death because you don't know how it's going to end. But that's when our Lord enters into the story, turns to you today saying, hey, cheer up. It's me. Do not be afraid. The thing is, though, like today's gospel reading, your life doesn't immediately turn into a fairy tale. notice the disciples still struggled. They still struggled to follow Jesus, and after church today, we're still going to leave here facing the same world we left to come in here. We're still facing the same home we left to come here, and we're still facing the job we left to come here. Those things do not change. Our Lord connects his story to our story with one fundamental difference, and it's the most obvious. At the moment, it looks like nothing's going to change. Jesus speaks to us personally and enters into our life, and then we begin to realize, hey, God is actually with us. The fundamental detail is God is now in our story. And if God is in our story, then anything is possible. As our Lord brings himself close to us in the Holy Sacrament today, we'll begin to understand it. And we will only begin to understand reality. We'll only begin to understand things, including why it seems like he's passing us by, leaving us to ourselves. The thing is, is that he's not leaving us to ourselves. Christ is passing us by in order to get in front and to lead us. Christ is passing us by in order to lead us through this seemingly chaotic time that we're in. And his leading us means that our story is unfinished. It's not finished yet which at times can be very scary because we definitely like to know what comes next. The thing is, though, it's not for us to know. But our Lord, in fact, does know what comes next. Our Lord, in telling a story like ours, meaning the chaos of our story, our Lord, in telling a story like ours, has come close to us to comfort And to tell us that he's already been through this and he knows the way through it. You see, our Lord has already worked through life's chaos and unpredictability and struggle, even to the point of dying on the cross. But he's done this so that we, being joined to him, would follow him through it. 
This is the Lord we have. This is the God that we have in Scripture. He is the one who plunges himself into our reality. He plunges himself into our reality, into the chaos, who works in that environment, who works in suffering. Not to remove it so much, but to give us strength to endure so that we being joined to him would begin to see how he is retelling our story from the inside out according to his most gracious and merciful story. In the holy name of Jesus, amen.